Hi, and welcome to another Positive Cinematic Spotlight, where we look at movies to find encouragement and inspiration for teachers and the educational community. It's October, so we're looking at horror movies this month. And last week, we looked at uh, the recent um, Academy Award-nominated movie, Get Out. And this week, we're looking at a 60-year-old Academy Award-nominated movie, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Now, in Psycho, we had a young woman by the name of Marion Crane. She committed a crime because she felt like she was trapped um, in a life that she was unsatisfied with and unable to get to the life that she wanted with her boyfriend. Um, she commits a crime and goes on the run and winds up at the Bates Motel to stay overnight where she encounters Norman Bates and through Norman hears about his mother, Mrs. Bates. Norman Bates and Mrs. Bates are also trapped, in this case with each other um, and the Bates Motel, which is a, a struggling business because they've moved the highway, the main highway, um, and now they just don't get the business anymore to the point that Norman sometimes forgets to turn on the light because what's the point? They almost never get any uh, guests. Now, through these two characters, we see people who find themselves trapped and reacting to this, this claustrophobic feeling in extreme ways. Um, hold on. All right, sorry about that. I had a little visitor. Um, had a little visitor, a little visit from a visitor. Um, anyway, so when I stopped, we were talking about how um, we had these characters who felt trapped and making extreme decisions to deal with that claustrophobic feeling of not having options, not having choices. And that makes me wonder if maybe Alfred Hitchcock felt that way when he was making this film because it was 1960 when Psycho came out and at the time it was considered controversial. Um, it was uh, really kind of pushing the envelope and some of the things that Alfred Hitchcock chose to include in the film. Um, it is based on a novel, but uh, as we all know, when you adapt a novel to a movie, uh, there are lots of decisions that can be made to tone down or completely remove things that would be controversial. And I don't know the novel myself. I am curious about it. Um, but it's clear that Alfred, uh, Alfred, like I know him, Hitchcock, um, did not remove and change as much as he could have to uh, completely satisfy everybody. And so it was controversial. He was pushing the envelope. It was gorier than your average movie. It is considered the first slasher uh, and with good reason. Many of the things that uh, he does in this film are emulated in later um, horror movies that are considered slashers. And one of the things that he did um, to help make this movie a success 
while at the same time pushing the envelope because sometimes pushing the envelope prevents our creative endeavors from achieving the success and the recognition that they deserve. One of the things that he did was he created a mystery about the character of uh, Mother Bates. That's how I refer to her. She's Mrs. Bates, Mother Bates. In the movie, she's not given a first name. Um, and he knew that part of uh, the success of this film had to be with the audience's curiosity about Mother Bates and her role and what was going on um, at the Bates Motel. And so to create this mystery, one, he would let out that he was looking at certain actresses uh, to play the role. This, of course, led other actresses to try and contact Hitchcock and say, hey, I would like to play Mother Bates. Um, and so there was a lot of mystery, but he made sure no one ever said who was going to play Mother Bates. So it was a big mystery. People wanted to see the movie partly to find out who was going to be Mother Bates. Um, another thing he did to help create this sense of mystery and this, uh, uh, this word that I can't think of, this uh, enthusiasm about uh, finding out the solution to this misery, mystery uh, was he would take press photos with different actors um, sitting in the in a director's chair that had Mrs. Bates written on the back. So there were uh, press photos of Janet Lee, uh, who played Marion Crane, sitting in the director's chair, and uh, the actor who played uh, Detective. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. It'll come back to me later. Um, who played the uh, private detective and who played uh, Lily Crane, Marion's sister, sitting in the director's chair um, because he wanted people to wonder, why is this a mystery? What's going on? Um, why is, is the role of uh, Mother Crane being such a protected secret. And for the most part, it worked. I mean, when the movie came out, um, it was quite successful. Not all the reviews were successful. Um, not all uh, movie reviewers were fans of the film. One movie reviewer left the movie uh, partway through and quit reviewing movies altogether. A bit extreme. Um, another movie reviewer called it a blotch on an otherwise excellent directorial career for Alfred Hitchcock. But the fans, but the regular movie public were fascinated and greatly enjoyed the movie. Um, and Hitchcock was able to see this uh, quite quickly by, of course, the box office returns. Um, there were movie lines around the street of people getting tickets for the next showing. Um, and of course, there were positive reviews. Not every movie reviewer said it was um, a blotch on Hitchcock's career. Now, we as teachers, we are kind of in a similar role as Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, Hitchcock was trying to 
create a mystery around the role of Mother Bates while we uh, teachers are trying to create an illusion of a normal academic experience through a camera. And with a classroom, you know, at least for my district, uh, some of our students are completely virtual. Some students are on a hybrid schedule where a couple of days they're at school, a couple of days they're at home on camera, and um, our classes are kind of running at half uh, number um, on what they would be if we were going every day because uh, there are two groups of students when we have two students at school, or sorry, not two students, when we have classes of, when we have two days of classes at school, there's another group of students at home, and then they switch places Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. All right, so despite all this, we teachers are trying to create this illusion of a normal academic experience, and we're putting a lot of effort into it. We are doing a lot. We are trying new things. I keep saying it. We're trying new things. We're experimenting. We are learning new technologies and new ways of conveying information. But what we don't have that Hitchcock had was that immediate, yes, this is working. You did a good job. Sometimes we might get it. Sometimes we have a student who will react and respond and greet us in a way that lets us know that they appreciate the work that we're doing. Sometimes we might have a parent who contacts us and says, thank you for what you're doing for my child. But many of us, we're getting very little, if any, encouragement or, or uh, seeing examples of appreciation. So one of the things I wanna to do today is tell you right now, Whatever format that you are teaching in, whether you're teaching completely virtual, whether you're teaching a uh, hybrid, whether you're teaching it in a district that has five days face-to-face -face with, um, with how things are going there, you know, even there you're trying to create an illusion of normality because you have these new policies and procedures to deal with uh, trying to control the spread of the coronavirus. And I'm going to tell you right now, you are appreciated. Thank you for what you are doing. You are appreciated for everything that you are doing, every new thing that you're trying, every step you take to try and reach your student, whether it's academically or socio-emotional. We are appreciative. We, and I don't mean me and my fellow teachers. I mean me as a parent, as a citizen of the United States. I am speaking on behalf of the average um, principal and district employee, I guarantee, even if you haven't heard it, and hopefully you have, but if you haven't, people do appreciate how much you are working. Don't feel trapped and stuck unappreciated in your classroom. You're not. I'm not going to say it's universal. Not every student is going to be reached by every lesson, but that's why we, we differentiate so that if I didn't get to a student academically in one lesson, maybe this other way will work. And the same thing with the socio-emotional part where we're trying to make sure that our students don't feel stuck because they also feel stuck. They felt stuck since March, 2019. It's still 2019. Woo. Okay, so 
not 2019. Since March 2020, and it's still 2020, there we go. Since uh, March 2020, many of our students have felt stuck away from school. It doesn't matter if they were troublemakers in your class. Some of those students wanted anything to be able to get back to school because it was something other than having to be stuck at home. And that's one of the reasons why there was such a strong push for us to come back. But I want you to know you are appreciated. I hope you have families and administrators and district office personnel who are letting you know. I know that um, I've got that at my school. I've got uh, my coworkers and my uh, principal and my district office uh, personnel, my superintendent letting us know that we are appreciated for what we are doing and hopefully you do as well. But if you don't, I'm telling you now, you are appreciated. There are people predicting that this year more teachers will leave the educational uh, profession because of all the rigmarole, let's call it what it is, that we're having to go through to make our schools safe and reach our students virtually um, at least part of the time and the how at risk that we feel between not being able to do our job because of the nature of, in our case, uh, teaching a hybrid system um, where you're only teaching half the class one day and half the class the other day and they're having to self-motivate and self-motivation with the common student is not the most successful way of education. Um, so we feel concerned about how people are going to react if we don't teach as much as we did last year and we are appreciated and hopefully your district is letting you know that hopefully your step your uh, principals and administration are letting you know that but if you haven't heard it you're hearing it here now from positive Cine uh, cinematic spotlight you are appreciated for what you're doing So don't feel trapped. Try something new. If, if there's a year to try something new, this is the year because we're trying anything and everything to try and get to our students. Try something new, try something different. Um, because our students feel trapped. They feel trapped uh, because they were stuck at home for so long because some of them, they were already feeling academically behind and we need to support them and say, don't feel stuck to our students. We need to say, I will see you through this and I will get you academically um, advancing the way that you need to be. And I'm going to support you and what you need at your house uh, for those who need help at their house. If you're doing that, then you are doing good. And if you're doing good, you are appreciated for the good that you are doing. So let's try and prove them wrong. Let's try and, and not have so many people leaving the um, academic field this year. Um, now, in the movie, in Psycho, Marion 
and Norman talked about two different types of traps. Norman talked about a trap that he was born into, the trap that he has with his mother, a codependent uh, relationship kind of trap that at least when he was younger, he had little control over. And as an adult, he didn't feel like he had many options um, because he couldn't just abandon his mother. Marion talked about a trap that she stepped into and one of the things that we see in the movie and one of the themes that people don't pick up on a lot of times is the theme that when we make mistakes, when we step, when we make a choice that, that we know is going to lead to a trap, um, in this case, the crime that Marion commits, um, that we should allow for them to for people to make up for that mistake. Marion committed a crime, but the victims of her crime were willing to work with her to come to a resolution without the police. Similarly, at school, we should do that with our students. Um, when they make a mistake, we should work with them to see if we can come to a resolution uh, which does not lead to uh, suspension and expulsion, especially this year. Um, if Unless you're already back to school five days face-to-face, uh, a day of suspension is, is a significantly stronger impact this year because they're already having to go virtual um, part of the time, and then when they're supposed to be at school, we're not allowing them to come to school. We need to be trying to find resolutions and say, you made a mistake, but we can work together and come up with a solution rather than just uh, saying, well, you did the deed, you do the time. Same thing with academics. You chose not to do the assignment. You chose not to take it seriously. You chose not to read the instructions. What you got is what you got. You made your choice. You live with it. We make our choices all the time. That doesn't mean we have to be stuck with the consequences, especially if we recognize that we did make a mistake. And we should give our students that opportunity to recognize that it's a mistake without being penalized. After all, part of our job is to teach them the standards and the academics, teach them the English and the writing and the math and the social studies and the science. And if we're saying, hey, you made a mistake where you didn't do an assignment, that's it, you're done, then they have no reason to learn that. And then they're getting themselves stuck. Yes, it is, they are getting themselves stuck, but we're not helping them get out. And if we saw somebody stuck on the side of the road and their future was in danger and we were the only ones who could help them out, then we would Hopefully the majority of us would be, feel obligated to stop and say, let me help you out. Let me get you moving. It's the same thing. This year, for whatever subject, whatever class that that student who chose not to do the assignment is sitting in, you're their one source of help if they make a mistake. Are you going to leave them stuck so that they are permanently behind? Or are you going to help them get past that mistake and learn from that mistake and learn the content. Don't leave your students behind. 
So I'm going to leave it there. Um, Psycho uh, is considered one of the uh, greatest movies of all time, certainly one of the greatest horror movies of all time. Um, it is at the uh, uh, Congressional Library, Library of Congress, um, because it's considered such a remarkable piece of work. Um, and we can find inspiration in it and making sure that we don't get stuck, we don't get trapped, and seeing that uh, putting a lot of work behind the scenes to create illusions, uh, to create an image that we want people to see is oftentimes worth the effort. I want to thank everybody for what you do and for being the best. And I'll see you next week on Positive Cinema, Cinematic Spotlight.